Welcome. I'm Taylor Marsh, and this is Astral Soul Lightning, a podcast about making meaning, manifestation, and energies we navigate, how we create through archetypes, symbols, spirituality, and our instincts and intuition, a philosophical life hack for the Aquarian age. My expertise? The shadow side of human beings, and energies like Law of Attraction at the Intersection of Culture, Spirituality, and Politics. I dare to challenge traditional thinking on creativity, culture, and religion. Why should this matter to you? The process begins with information meant to spark your imagination, not only in projects, but in your daily life. We are halfway between winter solstice and the spring equinox. We are in the open cosmic gateway of planets being direct. Are there aspects and angles impacting humanity even if planets are direct? Yes. It's my opinion most people don't operate through cosmic minutia. So I offer the broad scope of cosmic energy important to consider and why. There's a full moon on February 5th, next week. Leo's opposite is Aquarius, so as the planet Saturn prepares to leave Aquarius, the full Leo moon lands to open our heart center and encourages us all to stand in the new space we've created for ourselves. We are closing out the Saturn in Aquarius dance, which began in the spring of 2020. How has your life changed since then? Until March 7th, 2023, take some time to appreciate where you've journeyed in the last two and a half years. The time frame of December 2020 until March 2023 specifically, after Saturn ended the back and forth between Capricorn and Aquarius constellations. Looking at where you started in 2020 and where you are today will reveal how Saturn worked while in Aquarius in your life. My take on Saturn is much different than the centuries-old description or what you'll find online most places. Saturn comes to build new architecture in our life as we move into new territory. Sometimes, (laughs) I'd say often, this requires tearing down the current way you create and live your life, leaving what no longer serves behind. I reject the negative connotations given to planets, whether it's Saturn or Mars. I don't even like the gender specifics given to the planets and to the constellations. The planets don't cause us to act, but they change circumstances through energetic movement that is meant to aid humanity. Of course, this depends on our choices. How you look at cosmic energy matters because the archetypes and symbols are guides. How these are interpreted shades our lives. Consider the psychology of meaning, a discovery process intended to promote understanding of your life. Helps each of us make sense of our journey. Promotes our evolution in this lifetime. Each evolutionary step forward hones our instincts and intuitions. Fuels perception and inspires leaps of knowing, even clairvoyance. 
What am I to make of moments after meditation when my process turns into a magic carpet ride that presents the perfect answers to questions I've asked in the silence without any explanation? Where one answer leads to the next until an answer to an unasked question appears as if by magic. When the experience of creativity leaves my body and mind humming so loudly, I suspect levitation at any moment. When the magic of experience leads me to vices and behavioral acting out, because explanations leave me speechless, because no one could possibly understand. Our shadow side has a purpose when extinguishing raucous energy through shortcuts. Calming can require copious amounts of elixir, (laughs) smoke, or hallucinogens, but only because we're mortal and refuse to embrace power we assume belongs only to the gods. How energies impact our choices and what we make of the outcome. How we navigate and appreciate life's divine chaos. Why we reject the truth for oblivion. The darkness of hidden emotions is a portal. Others may release this energy. We witness through reaction. To heal, we must dance in the doorway and stare into our personal abyss. Quote, If we push away our dark feelings, we also risk numbing ourselves to joy. When we try to sail past complicated emotions, we miss out on the richness of our experience and the wisdom we can gain. That is Nikki Fogarty for Forever Conscious. There are no definitive answers. The canvas before us is blank. History can guide us. Instincts guided my life because I didn't have another rudder. Spent most of my life alone, lost in a life amid wounded strangers called family, thinking. Messages from somewhere outside myself guided me as a young girl, and my mind and imagination were the drivers. The journey from my mother's faith to discovering a wider spiritual universe filled me with awe at every turn and new exploration. The underbelly of being human is making peace with our shadow side. Someone no one in my family could, sorry, something no one in my family could navigate. I became a witness to what this means in human terms. Astrology is considered crazy talk in the religious community. This was easy for me to swipe aside given the greed, hypocrisy, and lying that represents organized religion today. From the quote-unquote steer clear from astrology crowd via catholic.com, quote, Natal astrology is not against the law of God because it does not make any claim to predict the future or to assert the human freedom or to assert that human freedom can be determined by the heavenly bodies. Thus, St. Albert the Great, St. Thomas Aquinas, and St. Alphonsus Liguri all allow it. St. Alphonsus even says that a horoscope written from the point of view of the minute and location of a person's birth is licit, as long as it does not claim to predict the future, but only indicates tendencies found in nature. 
That is from Catholic.com, and the title of it is Steer Clear of Modern Astrology. Music became an artistic carpet ride where my mind's rebellious nature and the philosophy I was honing were safe. The 1960s was my liberation, that I'd closed the door literally on my father when his spirit revisited the scene of his crimes, meant I was safe from him. A childhood watching humans battle their shadow sides, all of them failing, was a warning. An instinctual kid, the clairvoyance I experienced was a gift I accepted, but remained silent about. To face and embrace our darker impulses is the process of evolution. Why we're here. How we make peace with our shadow side means making sense of events in our lives. David Crosby was a brilliant, cantankerous creative spirit, as his reputation with collaborators reveals. Crosby admitted he, quote-unquote, wasted a lot of time. A lot. This hit me. Music of the mid to late 1960s rooted deep in my in, rooted deep inside my consciousness. One song written by Bob Seger and first recorded by the Limelighters in 1960 was titled "To Everything There Is a Season." Seger had tapped Ecclesiastes three chapters one through eight in the Old Testament. Words attributed to writings of King Solomon from the 10th century before Common Era. <laughs> when the birds released the song as Turn, Turn, Turn in 1965, it went international and, blew up the bil- and flew up the billboard chart. David Crosby's passing released a torrent of memories for me. This song and Crosby's music with Graham Nash and Stephen Stills were pivotal influences, many reasons why. As young as I was, Turn, Turn, Turn meant the seasons across the year to me, the astrological turn of the cosmic wheel. At the time, I didn't know anything about astrology, and the word metaphysical was unknown to me. The birds changed the words to this ancient biblical text in their version, and one rewritten verse is consequential. A time to plant and a time to uproot from Bob Seeger became a time to plant, a time to reap from the birds and David Crosby. The ending lyric by the birds is, quote, a time for peace, I swear it's not too late, end quote. The fear of God, represented by King Solomon's verse, is obliterate, obliterated by Cosby, by Crosby and the birds. Turn, turn, turn told a different outcome than old King Solomon and the Old Testament wrath from God I rejected. David Crosby and the birds represented art- artistry of a new order. What was it that gave them permission to recraft add on to ancient biblical text into a hopeful song of powerful activism about the nature of life. Again, I turn to Einstein's words. Quote, Imagination is more powerful than knowledge. Imagination is the language 
of the soul, end quote. But there's another sentence to this quote. Pay attention to your imagination and you will discover all you need to be fulfilled, end quote. Something else happened with the explosion of creativity in the 1960s. Quote, But in my case, there was one particular and unmistakable deviation from the usual type of vision, the most extraordinary sensation at the base of the spine, followed by the flow of a radiant current through the spinal column into the head. This part of the strange experience tallied with the phenomena associated with the awakening of Kundalini, and hence I could not be mistaken in supposing that I had unknowingly aroused the coiled serpent and that this serious disturbance in my nervous system, as well as the extraordinary, extraordinary but most awful state I was in, was in some way occasioned by it. Gopi Krishna, in his book Kundalini, The Evolutionary Energy in Man. Meditation goes back to 1500 BCE. Transcendental meditation exploded in the 1960s. Breathing and physical alignment became the center of meditative action, but what can evolve from this state expressed by Gopi Krishna's testament was revolutionary stuff at the time he wrote his book. Kundalini is powerful creative energy, a spiritual force and experience. Krishna's writing on his experiences ranges from the enlightening to the harrowing. One short passage, quote, Suddenly, with a roar like that of a waterfall, I felt a stream of liquid light entering my brain through the spinal cord. The illumination grew brighter and brighter, the roaring louder. I experienced a rocking sensation and then felt myself slipping out of my body, entirely enveloped in a halo of light. It is impossible to describe the experience accurately. Gopi Krishna admits to living, quote, suspended by a thread, swinging between life on the one hand and death on the other, between sanity and insanity, between light and darkness, between heaven and earth. When a person talks about experiences lived through the path of meditation, it's common for people to scoff, belittle, and ignore what you're saying. I've experienced this. It's okay to say God answered a prayer, but for a person to say they've had an experience across the veil into the mysterious brings charges of psychological damage. James Hillman writes psychological commentary to the experience Gopi Krishna explains in his book, Kundalini, The Evolutionary Energy in Man. In one passage, Hillman writes that in meditation, a person seeks, quote, the counsel of inner figures concerning practical personal problems, whereas spiritual disciplines attempt to surmount a world which gives rise to such personal problems and in which no permanent solution can truly exist, end quote. Hillman also writes, we may gain a glimpse of how enlightenment can be accounted for psychologically. I do not mean explained. 
only given account of, end quote. A primal split with organized religion was inevitable in the 1960s. The birth control pill in 1960s shred modern society's ties with religious tradition and released volcanic female energy into the open. Jung talked about, quote-unquote, active imagination, giving attention to whatever might pop into the mind, as he saw it. Meditation is rarely, rarely talked about in terms of necessary creative magic with kundalini energy, a natural physical byproduct of inspiration, cosmic energy, and active imagination during a moment of idea manifestation. Artists like David Crosby, with his irascible nature and prolific talents, likely lit up their physical, lit up his physical body and mind through creative process and collaboration. Coming down from these creative highs is difficult, often brutal. Artists and others attempt to shortcut the kundalini, kundalini energy meditative process through psychedelics like mushrooms. Doing mushrooms while vacationing on the New Jersey shore was a life-changing gift for me. Breakthroughs can also become breakdowns, however. Potent kundalini energy unleashed and disrespected can become a dark tunnel where survival replaces life. From an article on PBS about David Crosby's life. Quote, Crosby underwent a liver transplant in 1994 after decades of drug use and survived diabetes, hepatitis C, and heart surgery in his 70s. He was a founder and focus of the Los Angeles rock music community from which such performers as the Eagles and Jackson Brown later emerged. He was a twinkly-eyed hippie patriarch, the inspiration for Dennis Hopper's long-haired stoner and easy rider. He advocated for peace, but was an unrepentant loudmouth who practiced personal warfare and acknowledged that many of the musicians he worked with no longer spoke to him. Crosby's drug use left him bloated, broke, and alienated. He kicked the addiction in 1985 and 1986 during a year's prison stretch in Texas on drug and weapons charges. The conviction was eventually overturned. I go back to where we started. Crosby admitted he wasted a lot of time. A lot. How to find the perfect moment moment as the seasons change became a thread to pull on the way to reinterpreting being a spirit inside a human body. Goals hold no sway with me. Ideal in dreams. A time to launch a project calibrated to the moon may conflict with a creative's readiness. So a person chooses to wait. After all, there will be another new moon. We can't force readiness, but we need to appreciate some moments are highly effective, while other times may work for us but won't be as dynamic. We are in one of those highly dynamic, effective moments of the year. 
between now and the middle of April is the best time to take a risk. Creativity demands dancing, dancing across the abyss beyond our comfort zone. Beyond our comfort zone. No net. This uncomfortable open space is where magic resides, in my experience. You choose the pace of your evolution, but don't let fear be the standard making you blink. Ptolemy's astrological theories thrive through the Renaissance with medical studies and treatment timing tied to astrology with writers passing on the traditions of the ancients. Ptolemy's Amagast, the first authoritative work on astronomy, his geocentric theory that the Earth was the center of the universe lasted 1,500 years. <laughs> this resonates with me because I have the same instincts as Einstein, although I can't prove the imagination or the experience that unlocked messages to be downloaded to me or the instinctual tugs that have driven my life since I was a kid. As planets above shift, the energies created by these cosmic, planetary, and celestial interactions can't be seen, only felt. No two humans will feel the cosmic movement, movements the same. Your emotions are tied to the moon, and it's why I urge you to start there. Copernicus, Galileo, and Kepler were astrologers at a time when the profession was considered a scientific endeavor. The science of astronomy is mathematical, visual, shared. Astrologers offer invaluable, minute details, definitions, and guidance. So much information and calculation. Oh my gosh, just don't search these topics with old descriptions that tie astrology to divination and all sorts of negative connotations, according to societal judgments. Online is a mess of patriarchal boogeymen. Many astrologers continue the old definitions of planets and the alleged power the universe has over humans. Knowledge is an action and neither is information. Humans have the innate ability to choose how or whether to act or react to stressors felt, yet not fully understood. Doctors can't explain why prayer affects patients or why miracles happen at Lourdes, France, but they do. Welcome to the mysterious, a central theme needed to assess life and meaning. Philosophy mulled long before this podcast by visionaries like Jung, whose metaphysical experiences and knowledge drove a wedge between him and Sigmund Freud. Jung's discoveries also drove him outside the psychological community and ostracized him, but it didn't deter his experiments, studies, and conclusions, which are more relevant today than ever. The catalyst for my spiritual journey beyond religion started in college. Psychology riveted my mind, as did philosophy, but I was unprepared where it would lead. A professor billed as an assistant to Albert Camus at one time opened the door to a cavern. In I fell headfirst. What was I to do as a devout Christian with the philosophical tenet of absurdism and nihilism? A confrontation ensued. 
Faith had a constant companion in philosophy, which was doubt, evidently. Doubt? The only thing keeping me on the earth plane was my faith. I'd never, ever considered doubting it. Now, Albert Camus, a Nobel Prize winner in literature, expected me to traverse the terrain of the absurd, searching for meaning in life, only to find there is none, according to him. After an intense day in class, I ran from the building and fled to the large tree under which I often read. Stood underneath the boughs and felt my body shake, I held onto the trunk without means to control myself. Grasped the trunk harder, my mind in a tailspin. I'd experienced philosophy meant to challenge, even dismantle my Christianity. Life forever changed by Albert Camus. Doubt, life's meaningless march to death, and the absurdity of looking for meaning lodged deep inside as a challenge. For me, Camus became a companion to understanding the Old Testament. The start of a lifelong investigation about what my life meant, the psychology of which was rooted in trauma, creativity, and the need to flee my surroundings to feel safe. Where I, I would be led was unknowable. This is the creative path. Mysterious, unknowable, and a puzzle to solve through choices. Modern society is looking for meaning in life like never before. The inability to deal with the shadow side of human personality can be seen in vices turning into addictions, then madness, mass shootings, the nihilism of suicide, and its absurd and existential roots. How spirit lives in a mortal body. Why? Why? What's the purpose to find meaning? For Camus, no evidence, of, no evidence of God and the evil of the world was enough. The absurdity of life, as Camus wrote, is being human in an unexplainable world that demands understanding. His death suddenly at 46 in a car accident seemed to bolster the absurdity of life and confirm its nihilism. This Frenchman could have benefited from Einstein's reverence for imagination. Imagination in the absence of proof, hope, or understanding. The fuel that guides a human when the depths, when in the depths of the unknown. Amid doubts of ancient stories written by men, a vengeful God, and a revolutionary who died before the age of Christianity, I'm talking about Jesus Christ, answers seem to demand a journey beyond what is confirmed in a day of life. The moon was my first compass, a place to begin. But one aspect of the moon's voyage isn't compatible with humanity's forward journey. Even the universe demands we pay close attention to details. Suspend your disbelief and engage your imagination. Moon void of, co moon void of course is a key component to consider through life whenever possible a practical tool I've found to be invaluable. The moon moves constantly and crosses in, into constellation and aspects planets at different angles. This takes around two and, a, and one half days. 
Time when the moon is between constellations and planet aspects, traveling unaligned, is called moon void, of course. Also called simply moon void, this period lasts for varying amounts of time, but around two and a half days. It's calculated in advance and easy to use through web pages if you search moon void. Every moon void for 2023 is already outlined on the web. One of the best ways to see cosmic energetics at work on Earth is to look at your history. See what events happened and compare the cosmic energies to your human experience. So go back into 2022 and consider moon void of Koi. Sorry, moon void, of course, as you sift through your calendar of 2022 and try to find one or two disappointments uh, like meetings or, you know, something in your life that you thought would work out and and didn't to see if it occurred during a moon void. The moon can put you in rhythm with energies and illuminate the power of active imagination. So we're in the last weeks of Saturn in Aquarius. On March 7th, this large, impactful planet moves into the constellation of Pisces. Spirituality and our collective consciousness is the target for renewal and rebirth. And the architecture, to me, especially on faith, needs to be torn apart to be built back better. Spirituality and our collective consciousness is in for a shakeup, as is Christianity and most organized religion. Saturn will stay in Pisces for two and a half years, March 7th to February 13th, 2026. We are on the cusp of a religious reformation, the father of structure, Saturn, or you could say the mother of life <laughs> will, exert, will exert pressure on the faithful represented by Pisces. When Pluto moves from Capricorn into Aquarius, the world as we know it will begin to shift over a 20-year period. Think about Pluto in Capricorn since 2008. We've already talked about Prince Harry and Brock Purdy. What have you learned since 2008? It doesn't matter if uh, you, have, you don't have any planets uh, in the house that Capricorn represents or if Capricorn isn't mentioned in your chart. Wherever Capricorn resides in your chart, with or without planets, is where you will be impacted. Pluto will dance back and forth until November 2024. Then it will plant itself in Aquarian constellation until 2044. Starting to see how 2023 is a bridge year? Lots of changes. Ancient civilization depended on astrological data to comprehend the world in which humans lived. The oldest mathematical science was dethroned, wasn't dethroned until the publication of Copernicus's On the Revolutions of the Heavenly Spheres in around 1543, which became the scientific renaissance and led to the way to the Age of Enlightenment. Was astrology's demise accomplished by the church 
Or was it the Enlightenment and the scientific revolution? Once humans embraced the theory of the sun being the center of the universe, Ptolemy's foundational theories of astrology weakened. Astrologers based their calculations on human experience on Earth, an Earth-centered view. So if the sun is the center, then astrological calculations must be wrong, right? Wrong. Astrology is based on our experience as we live on Earth because we don't live on the sun. We can't live on the sun. The universe impacts human existence on earth, and astrology is the philosophical understanding of what our relationship to the universe means. After the Enlightenment, the fall of astrology into a pseudoscience was accepted by society. The earth-centered calculations were condemned because astronomers had proven the sun-centered universe. One reason science can't quantify astrology is because it is a personal experience that is unique to each human. No two birth charts are the same. No two people experience cosmic energies the same. Science depends on repeating tests. This can't be done with astrology. Astrologers use exact mathematical calculations based on time and place of birth. The data must be specific, which is why astrologers explain that without a specific time of birth, they can't be totally accurate. Living on instinctual tugs my entire life, astrology helped me peg the timing for intuitive messages, but this came much later in my life. When one stage of my creative life was over, the curtain would drop and I'd be left asking, if not this, then what? Astronomy is a roadmap, while astrology is the philosophy developed from the mythology of the cosmos that comes from antiquity, but needs a reimagining for the 21st century. Before Christ, before religion, before astronomy, before the Renaissance, before Napoleon and the Catholic Church went to battle, there was astrology. Italy's leading Renaissance voice, Marsilio Fucino, whom I focused on in one of my podcasts in the first season, has sharp words for astrologers, even as he used astrology in his medical work. In a letter to account, Ficino mentions a book he's written, quote, opposing the empty pronouncement of the astrologers, end quote. From Meditations on the Soul, selected letters from Marsilio Ficino, quote, these astrologers in declaring that every single thing is necessarily brought to pass by the stars are themselves involved in three highly pernicious errors and they involve the public in them too. For insofar as they are able, they take away from God Almighty and Supreme his own providence and his absolute sovereignty over the universe. Next, they deny the justice of the angels. End quote. Never mind, he kept using astrology for medical purposes. And if you go over to astro-seek.com, you will see a column in all their uh, horoscopes and their sighting of where the planets are that tells you whether operations and medical procedures should be done on a particular day. 
it lives today. But as to Ficino's every single thing is necessarily brought to pass by the stars, it's not it's not what they're saying because no ethical astrologer will claim this ability. I will say that if you get in tune and if you know where your strengths are, you may be able to tell your own future. But that's a longer conversation. As for Almighty and Supreme God and His quote, ability for absolute sovereignty over the universe, end quote, a dose of imagination won't fill in the blanks on this gigantic subject. What I'm sharing takes a process and time and consideration. The points of interest, including historical facts, aren't meant as answers so much as breadcrumbs. Architecture meant to offer a structure where your own experience can lead to understanding. I'm Taylor Marsh, and you've been listening to Astral Soul Lightning. Until next time.